Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you've been with us, uh, you know we've been in a series of studies in the life of the Spirit, and so far we've talked about the person of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Spirit as God. Let me have your attention. We talked about the Holy Spirit as God with God-like characteristics and personality. So far we've talked about the person and the function of the Holy Spirit. What is his ministry? What has he come to do? If you've missed any of these teachings, you can pick up or order the CD uh, copy in the bookstore. Another ministry, let's move forward, another ministry of the Holy Spirit is that of bringing men to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Or we might call that, got a pen? Regeneration. Regeneration. Uh, Regeneration is a theological word, and it simply means to be born again. That's what we want to talk about today, to be born again. We want to talk about regeneration. Four points concerning the Holy Spirit and regeneration. This is our outline for the day. We'll talk about it. Four points concerning the Holy Spirit and regeneration. Number one, write this down. The Holy Spirit regenerates a man and saves a man. The Holy Spirit regenerates a man and saves a man and or saves a man. Same thing. The Holy Spirit, number two, gives us a new heart. The Holy Spirit gives us a new heart. Number three, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. And number four, the Holy Spirit seals your salvation. Number one, the Holy Spirit regenerates. Number two, the Holy Spirit gives you a new heart. Number three, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. And then finally, the Holy Spirit seals your salvation. I've titled this sermon, The Ministry of the Holy Spirit and Regeneration. John chapter three, saints, we pick up in verse one. Look at John chapter three. And look at verse 1. If you're looking at verse 1, I need you to say a hearty amen. Amen. Verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named, what's his name, saints? Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him in verse 4, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Uh, no, duh. Verse 5, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, Nick, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is what, saints? The flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is what? Spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, 
Y'all say it with me. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. And so is everyone who is born of the spirit. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention, if you will. People don't talk about being born again much these days, do they? I was thinking about that the other day. I thought, you know, when's the last time you heard a sermon on being born again? Or when is the last time you heard the words born again? People don't use those words anymore. I remember when I got saved uh, some you know, 30 plus years ago and, 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 and born again, uh, y'all with me, born again was a part of the vocabulary. It was a part of the vocabulary. This is what we talked about. You were born again. You have been saved and born again. Now, not so much these days. We might hear people say um, saved. You might hear people say, do you know God? Uh, Nowadays, we hear a lot of talk about, are you spiritual? Do you know how empty that word is? Are you spiritual? Don't ask anybody, are you spiritual? Because they'll, they'll tell you, yeah, I'm a spiritual person. Well, what does that actually mean? Does that mean you worship the trees? Does that mean you go to the highest mountain and sit in the lotus position and study your navel? What does that mean? Amen. So what does spiritual mean? We hear a lot of talk about, well, I'm spiritual. Or you'll even hear people say, you know, do you know God? But you don't hear born again. When you ask someone, are you born again? That's a different idea. Did you hear me? When you ask someone, are you born again? That's a different idea. There are seminaries today that they don't teach the idea of being born again or the second birth. And I hope that after this sermon today, it's my hope that you'll start using the word born again, Calvary Chapel. I hope that we'll start using the words born again. I hope you'll start teaching your children to use the words born again. Like last Sunday when more than 40 young people ages, you know, seven, did y'all see what I saw? More than, there was ages 17 to like 25. I've been doing a lot of altar calls in my life. I don't think I've ever seen that age group and that many, 40 plus at the altar to give their life to Jesus and become born again. I don't think I've ever seen that. Wasn't that awesome? It was just awesome. So I hope you'll start teaching your children the words born again because Jesus, here's why. Jesus didn't say you must know God. Huh? He didn't say you must be spiritual. He didn't say you must be saved. He didn't even say that. He said You must be, can somebody help me? You must be born again. That's what Jesus said. Now notice in our text, the reference to being born again, born of water or born from above is used eight times in eight verses. And I believe Jesus chose this analogy of the new birth specifically. Why? Because it's so basic. Everybody understands it. You can't mess this up. Everybody understands you have nothing to do with you coming into the world. Okay, one person understands that. All right. You did, okay, if you knew that, raise your hand. You had nothing to do with you coming into the world. Listen, the doctor had nothing to do with you coming into the world. Amen. The doctor stood there and waited and waited until God said, boop, time for you to head on out. But you had nothing to do with you 
coming into the world. You don't participate in your own birth. And just like you play no role in your own physical birth, you play no role in your spiritual birth. It's all God. Look at verse 1. There was a man named Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee. Now, some scholars believe his full name is Nicodemus Ben-Gurion. Nicodemus Ben-Gurion or Nicodemus son of Gurion, the third wealthiest man in Jerusalem. At that time, tradition says he was the brother of Flavius Josephus, the Jewish historian. Nicodemus' name, you got a pen? His name means innocent of blood. Now, because Nicodemus was a Pharisee, his life revolved around rules and rituals. His life revolved around detail and devotion and procedures and religion and the law. Nicodemus was genuinely a seeker of God. Nicodemus genuinely sought the Lord. In reverence and sincerity, Nicodemus was a smart, wealthy, generous, religious man. This is the same Nicodemus who came with Joseph of Arimathea, and he bought the very expensive burial spices to embalm the body of Jesus. Tradition tells us it was Nicodemus who initially entered peace talks with Titus Vespasian before the destruction of the temple in A.D. 70. Nicodemus was such a great man, he has his own day on the Roman calendar, did you know? August 3rd is St. Nicodemus Day. If heaven could be earned by someone's accomplishments, Nicodemus would have change left over. Nicodemus seemed to have it all. He was religious, respected, and honored, and yet he was still hungry. Point number one, the Holy Spirit regenerates a man or saves a man. Now, right out the gate, listen, regeneration or the new birth is troubling to man. The generation, the regeneration or new birth is troubling to man because it means we have nothing to do with it. It's all God. Regeneration is something done to us, not something we do. John 1.13 says, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. First Peter 1.3, write it down, says, blessed be the God, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, who has begotten us again. You see, that's troubling because we do not cause regeneration or the new birth. It's God who causes the regeneration or the new birth. And anything good that we do is a result of the new birth. Regeneration is out of our hands. It's out of our control, which means we are helpless and dependent on someone outside ourselves And that's troubling to our flesh because we always want to have something to do with it. We always want to have something to do with it so we can brag about it. I'm not talking to none of y'all. I'm just saying that's just the way lots of folks are. Other folks. They want to brag about it. They want to say, yeah, well, I did this and I did that. And I had some part in this. Listen, regeneration, you have no part in it whatsoever. It is all God. You want to write something down? Write that down. It is all God. You have nothing to do with it. And because you have nothing to do with it, that is troubling to our flesh. Look at verse two. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Should I do it? Should I do it? You know, I'm gonna do it anyway. Nick at night. Nick at night. Now there's a lot of discussion as to why he came at night. It's not so much important as to why he came, but that he came to Jesus at night. He said, look in your Bibles. He said, Jesus, we know you're a teacher come from God. Now, listen, that statement causes me to believe that Nicodemus was not a believer at this time. Why? 
Because look at the statement closely. Look at it closely. We know that you're a teacher, look in verse 2, come from God. We see the signs and we know you're a teacher from God. This is a great statement that some pious religious Jew would believe about Jesus. It's also a statement of what Muslims would believe about Jesus. This is a high view of Jesus. This is giving Jesus a high place, but Jesus doesn't want a high place. He was not a teacher come from God. He was God who came to teach. John chapter 1. I'll wait while you clap your hands there. Oh, I need everybody to clap your hands there. Yeah, I do. He was God who came to teach. John 1, 1. Saints, are y'all with me this morning? John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word, y'all come on, help me, was with God, and the Word was God. Fast forward to verse 14, same chapter. The Word became flesh, and did what, saints? Dwelt among us, tabernacled among us. What happens in regeneration or the new birth is not merely affirming the supernatural in Jesus, but it's experiencing the supernatural in you. In other words, Nicodemus sees in Jesus genuine divine activity, and he admits that Jesus is from God, and he does the work of God. And notice Jesus doesn't say, you know, I wish everybody could see that. You notice he doesn't say that? Oh, we know you're a teacher come from God. Jesus doesn't say, oh, I wish everybody could see that. Jesus doesn't even respond to the statement. He says, Nick, you must be born again. Now listen, in my sanctified imagination, I get the impression that Jesus took Nicodemus by the face and like face to face because some folk, you got to grab their face. Where my people at? Some folks, you got you to grab their face and say, look, come, look, look at me. Look at me. Some folks, you got to grab their face. Amen. Nick. You must be born again. Seriously, Nick, I'm telling you, unless you're born again, you will not see the kingdom of God, Nick. Nick, what you need is regeneration. Nick, what you don't need is any more good deeds. Nick, you don't need to turn over a new lease on life. Nick, you don't need religion. You need regeneration. Religion is man's effort to reach God. Regeneration is God's effort to reach man. Am I right about that? Okay. That's right. Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be regenerated because without it, you can't see the kingdom of God. When Jesus says you must be born again, listen to me close. He's telling us of our present condition and it's hopeless and corrupt and guilty. And until you realize you must be born again, you probably don't realize how bad your spiritual condition is. No way or one way, I will say, to help us to understand how bad it really is, is to show the remedy. Think about this. When a doctor comes in and he says, we have to take your right leg off, the remedy tells you more about the condition than the big medical words, doesn't it? So the only remedy for the diagnosis of sin is being born again. The Bible is clear. When you came into the world, listen to me close. When you came into the world, you came into the world with a sin nature. Man came into the world totally, completely depraved. That means you are as bad off as you can possibly be. That means Every part of our nature and DNA is tainted by sin. Sin runs through us at every level and affects everything we do and every thought that we think. When we came in the world, we came in the world D-O-A, 
dead on arrival. When we came in the world, we came in the world dead in our trespasses and sins. Listen to me, somebody. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5 tells us, And you he made alive who were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and were by nature the children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Romans 5, 6 through 8. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God, here's a sermon right there by itself. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, somebody read it with me, Christ died for us. Listen, we aren't sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. Did you hear me? We're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. It's a depraved, sinful nature, just like a dog isn't a dog because he barks. A man can bark, and that doesn't make him a dog. Ladies, don't you say a word. All right? A dog barks, y'all come on, help me. A dog barks because it's in his nature. We sin because it's in our nature. And Jesus says, you must, I'll wait while you clap your hands. Thank you, Lord. Jesus says, you must be born again. You must have a new nature. You must experience a supernatural new birth. When Jesus says we must, that's not a suggestion. That's a command. You must. He's not saying your life will improve if you add this experience. Jesus is saying you must receive a new heart and a new nature. And if you don't, you will not see the kingdom of God. And because we are sinners and can do nothing to change that, God sent his Holy Spirit to convict us of sin. Then once we're convicted of our sin, the Holy Spirit draws men to salvation and regeneration happens. The new birth. Point number one, the Holy Spirit regenerates and saves man. Point number two, the Holy Spirit gives a new heart. Salvation, listen, is a sovereign act of God by his grace. Man is in need of complete spiritual overhaul, and God gives that. Man needs to be washed. He needs to be transformed. He needs to have his heart replaced with a new heart, his spirit replaced with a new spirit. If he's going to enter the kingdom of God, and that is a work of the Holy Spirit. Listen, God made your body amazing. Did you know that? Your body is amazing. And if something fails, we often have a backup in our bodies. For example, we have two lungs and two kidneys and two eyes and two ears. You try to get your kids to know that. You got two ears. Listen with both of them. And if one of those organs fail, you can function with just one of them, with just the other. But there are other organs that, are, that you only have one of, and there's no backup. And without it, you're dead. We have one brain, most of us. We have one liver, amen. We have one heart, and if that heart stops beating, listen, you need a heart transplant. And it's impossible to add a new heart unless you get rid of the old heart. Well, when we decide to live for Jesus Christ, the Bible says God takes out the old heart and gives you a new heart, and he does that by his spirit. The Bible has a lot to say about a heart. Can you keep up with me? God knows your heart. 
God tries your heart. God searches your heart. God prepares the heart. God opens the heart. God strengthens the heart. God establishes the heart. And when you become a Christian, God will change your heart and replace that old heart with a new heart of love and compassion. Can I get a witness here? Replace that old heart with a new heart of love and compassion. Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. When you become a Christian, you will see people and things differently. Can I get a witness? When you become a Christian, uh uh-huh, it's true. I told you, when I became a Christian, I literally saw things differently. Now, keep in mind, I had been doing drugs since I was nine years old. So when I became a Christian, I was 21 years old, and I um, remember... um, the very next morning, I became a Christian on a Saturday night. And the very next morning, I was going to church. And I remember, I've told you guys this, I remember I looked at the brown dirt and I started crying because I had never seen brown dirt. Um, not like that. Uh, I looked at the grass and the sky was blue. I never seen a blue sky. Now, if you're high on drugs all the time, through junior high and high school, I don't remember either. Praise God, I graduated on time. And uh, I don't remember either. But when you've been on drugs all your life and then God set me free, God broke the chains. I am telling you that I've been to drug rehab. I am telling you I've been to all the A's, uh, AA. N-A, triple A, I've been to all the A's, I've been through everything that man had to offer, only God can set you free like that, and when God sets you free like that, you see stuff different, am I right about it, you see everything different, when you become a Christian, out with the old, in with the new, when you become a Christian, God gives you new life and a new heart, and Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, you must be renewed inwardly, you must receive a new heart and a new nature, or you must be born again. The word born again means the spirit of God has come and take up residence in you. And because of that, there is a radical change in you. Listen to me close. When the spirit of God comes and takes up residence in you and gives you a new heart, it is impossible for there not to be a change in you. It is impossible. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody, anybody. It is impossible. You know, we hear people, you know, say things like, you know, well, were they a Christian? And they go, well, you know, um, then listen, you always know when you say, were they a Christian? And they start off with, well, you know, um, <laughs> well, um, I don't know. They, they made a profession one time, but there was, well, did they ever go to church? No, not really. Did they change their life? No, not really. But we don't know whether they were a Christian or not. Listen, I know. I'm telling you right now, I know. It is impossible for the Spirit of God to come live in you and you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit and there be no change in your life. Somebody once said, the way I used to walk, I don't walk that way anymore. The way I used to talk, I don't talk that way anymore. I used to curse like a sailor and now I use my lips to praise the Savior. Amen. I try to make a rhyme. I try to make a rhyme. 
Curse like a sailor, praise the Savior. Y'all ain't know I can rap, did y'all? Y'all don't want this. I used to do this, but now I do that because the Spirit of God is living within me, and it is impossible for the Spirit of God, for God himself, y'all ain't hear me, for God himself to come and take up residence in you, and you go on about your merry little life and live it the way you always live it. That's impossible. That's impossible. That's impossible. When, when God comes to live within you, everything changes. Like I said, out with the old, in with the new. That's just the way it is. Because God changes you from the inside out. And you don't even look the same. I've seen people. I've seen myself. I've seen people. They give their life to Jesus Christ. They don't even look the same. The eyes ain't the same. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.